Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, AudioMac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Romantic Truth Podcast. Please be advised that the content of this show is for mature audiences 18 and over due to the topics discussed. Please feel free to follow and like Romantic Truth on Facebook at facebook.com slash romantic truth. You may also listen to the podcast on anchor.fm slash romantic truth. Now, here is your host Jawson. Hi everyone, Johnson with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas. Hope everybody's doing well. Franklin writes the following. I have a unique question for you, sir. Have you ever encountered a woman who is obsessed with porn to the point where she literally has a problem going to work? This is what I'm dealing with now with a newly acquired girlfriend I met on OkCupid. Porn is a real big thing to her. Alright, well, it's rare that you'll see a woman that's a porn enthusiast, but there are some. But see, most women who look at porn, I looked at one study, I think it was 87% of women, they are actually looking to see what the woman is doing, more so than what the man is doing to the woman. The problem with a lot of conservative women is that when they see porn, when they focus on the woman, that's when they have a problem, many of them. And of course, they don't want to focus on the man because that would, of course, be a breach of their trust with their husband. But most women actually focus on the woman's action to see how not only she can keep the man by what she does, but also giving her some new ideas as well. Now, sir, one thing I would tell you about this, if she's gotten to a point now where her job's in jeopardy, that kind of thing, she's been doing this shit a hell of a long time. And what that means more than likely is that it's a part of her lifestyle now. So this is not a fetish. This is something that actually belongs to her. She's doing it. So the main thing I would say is accept it and um, it's gonna, I guess it depends on if she needs therapy in the sense that it, it depends on the magnitude of it. It depends on the frequency of it. If she's constantly on the phone masturbating, yeah, that is a major problem. But if it's something where it's uh, managed, then you might be able to do it. I met several women that were in the porn. They, some of them told me about what porn movies are like. And it's kind of weird. Because I remember this one lady... <laughs> I went out with one time and she told me, she said, well, I'm into porn. I like porn. I said, oh, you do porn? She's like, oh, no. I was like, oh, okay. She's like, no, I just like watching it. And we got there and we're watching this adult film and the woman is giving the man fellatio. And she says, oh, no, that's not how you do it. And she grabs my manhood and she begins to demonstrate. And I'm like, okay. And the sad thing is, she was better than the woman that was in the video. I was like, dang. It was really weird. But we had a sexual relationship for the most part. It wasn't really a romantic one. 
Because that's where she wanted me. Just that. But the interesting thing was this, though. It was one of those situations where she would always ask me, you don't think less of me, do you? Because I like porn. And apparently she'd been ridiculed all my life. Well, where did this obsession with porn start from? It started from her grandmother, because her grandmother used to watch a lot of porn after her grandfather had passed away. And so, sometimes Granny would leave the TV VCR on and she would just come in here and stick around and watch it. But eventually it became an obsession. everyone, Johnson with you here, Romantic Truth Las Vegas, keeping it real. Think before you love, folks. That's the motto of this show. Um, I've been exploring a few possibilities just to share with you, because I always share with my audience. What we're thinking about doing here is um, thinking about doing hats and t-shirts. And the kind of hat I want to design been thinking about this for a moment is uh one for women that will have a hole in the back so in the case they want to you know have their ponytail coming out the back it won't be a problem and the logo that i've come up with is the letters r t with the heart in between the two of them and um we're, of course, going to have Romantic Truth Podcast and small letters underneath it. Now, it's going to be like a baseball cap, but I want to make one specifically for women. And I'm thinking about the colors of white, blue, or pink. Now, I'm going to take some of your suggestions, so you can go to anchor.fm backslash romantic truth under messages and tell me which one would be ideal. We're gonna also do the same thing with the men's hat, but it's gonna be a little bit different, made a little bit differently. But this is something I'm toying around with. And of course, we're gonna do t-shirts, the proverbial t-shirts. And what I'm gonna do with that we're gonna have a logo for that as opposed to having my mug on it because um, I don't know. I personally don't like uh, having my picture on things. I don't know why. But I went on with the logo suggestion from the marketing company that I work with and they said, no, put your picture on there. They wanna see who podcasts the show. All right. Now, the other thing too, the book, still working on it. It's gonna be 50 chapters. I'm trying to make it an easy read for everyone. So we're gonna talk about the subject in each chapter. We're just gonna have a little outline of the subject matter. And then on down, you will see different paragraphs with the header on whatever topics we're covering. And we're gonna to try to cover as many topics as we discuss on the show. And we're going to put them in an order where it won't be so congested and you won't worry yourself about reading it. I'm going to stick with some of the fundamental things that we've learned, both uh, you and I, on this journey of five years plus going. And we're going to see how that works out in the future. Hopefully, it will be pretty good. So... I'm in the process of working on that. I'm also writing another book that's unrelated to the show. And that's gonna take about a couple of years to write because um, that one's gonna be pretty 
interesting. That one's fiction. But this, of course, deals with the reality of dating. All right, now that we got all of that out of the way, oh, I got the discography, the music on um, Spotify, Amazon, Apple. You can just type in J-E-U-S-A-N under artist, then you can go on and follow. But the tracks I put together if you so desire. All of my instrumentals, so there's no yodeling or anything in the background. Now, and of course, definitely want you to subscribe and share the link with a friend, coworker, partner, whomever. And make sure you subscribe to the channels that you listen to the show on, whether it's Apple, Amazon, Alexa, or whomever, iHeartRadio, Spotify, we're all over the place, Deezer. Now, let's get to today's subject matter, shall we? Oh, and by the way, I followed your request. I've done more interviews, but the way I'm doing the interviews is through AI. So in that way, there's not a lot of back and forth and technical glitches will save me. The person records on their end. I have a pre-recorded thing that I do with the questions. I send it to them and they respond. I marry everything together and that's how we get the interview. Now, we will also do live interviews as well, where you will hear this voice and not my AI voice, where I'm asking questions and talking to people. And um, that is to be worked out. But first of all, I got to figure out the actual uh, platform that would be stable enough to do it. I tried the Spotify Green Room a while back, as you know, that was a total disaster. So we're going to see. Quality of the connections were horrible. Now, Michael wrote in from Beverly Hills, California, about a situation he's facing. Michael is a successful studio executive in Los Angeles. And of course, now with the writer strike and with uh, the actor striking, his um, livelihood may be in question. Financial livelihood, I'm talking about. He's not going to be broken on the street or anything like that anytime soon. But what he was tired of getting was a lot of women who wanted him because of his prominence and status. Oh, he's run across a lot of beautiful women, a lot of nice women. But what he started to realize after listening to the show was that they valued what he had and the position he had, but they didn't value him. Now, he recently broke up with his girlfriend and she, of course, used him as a stepping stone to get with um, another executive and another um, company. Kind of heartbroken over but he's getting over it. But what he wants to do is to figure out a way where he could find a woman that wants him for who he is as a person, not what he does as a person. And what I suggested to him was probably go to a place where he's not well known to meet someone. An average, everyday, run-of-the-mill woman. It has all of the attributes, the character and everything that may be attractive. But someone that's not obsessive over wealth and over the lifestyle. Because see, the one thing that you'll realize is that many of you guys that are out there being a big ball and a big roller, half of you got women that you know damn well you can't trust if you were to fall on your ass. And some of you know this, problematic. Uh, they have a lot of people that were just out there to use them. I remember Phyllis Hyman at one point talking about that. And um, it could be a lonely place for some people because they're like in a bubble. Everything that they would do would 
be magnified. You get one TMZ reporter out there and you're done. You're not careful. And so they had to realize this. And what I found interesting, there was this one celebrity that remained nameless that I met during one of the uh, mixers years ago. And she said something that was pretty interesting. She said, well, the sitcom I'm on is doing great, but I can't find anyone that I could date that wouldn't see me as a meal date. And she was a very attractive woman, went through a lot of guys. And she was actually there more to see what was out there, more so than to try to find someone to date. And she and I kept in communications for many years until her death. But the interesting thing is this. I didn't realize how lonely some successful people are. Because I was under the impression if you had money, you also had love. You also had the people around you that supported you. What do you mean subversives? Oh no, they're wealthy. They've already weeded those folks out. To the contrary, some people never know. The one thing that I will tell you is that, because I have a female friend of mine that has a podcast herself. And um, she's run into some similar things in that many of the guys she's dated, first thing they want to do is to kill her podcast. Now she just started about two years ago. And the interesting thing is, and I didn't get her permission yet to talk about her show, so I'll hopefully have her on as a guest and then she could tell you about it. But the interesting thing about that is that she hasn't even come into prominence yet. And yet she's running into this. And she asked me, she was like, well, how do you handle it? And I told her, I said, well, the man is different. I said, you have a harder job than I do because there are more men wanting to date you than there are women that want to date me. I said, so what I get is the skepticism. First thing they'll say, oh, you're a narcissist because you have a podcast. First thing they say. Next thing that they will say, I don't know why you're doing that. Relationships are easy to do. Says the person was looking for one. Then you'll get, oh, when you get famous, you're going to just dump me. The goal is not to become famous. The show is a message. That's what's important. I'm irrelevant. I'm just a messenger. The next thing, you're doing this to get chicks. Nope, don't need to do that. I've been on dating sites. What would I do to get women? And there was one lady that commented. She says, oh, the only reason why you're telling people about your podcast on these dating sites on OkCupid and all the rest is because you're trying to promote your show. Wrong. As much work as I've done with the marketing of this show, nope. A dating site would not get me the kind of people to listen to the show. But I let them go on and think that. Because what this tells me is that with this predisposition they have, trying to convince them otherwise, it's a waste of time. You see, I'm not a person, just like you listen to this show, I'm not a person that's going to try to convert you into anything or persuade you to do anything. It's up to you. As I told you, 
All of you are leaders, truth seekers, in your own right. You're not a follower. I don't mind you subscribing to the show and sharing the links. But what I'm trying to tell you is that I don't need the attention that some people do. I had it growing up as a kid. So I don't like that at all. And a show is not going to make me because I was working on radio and television well before this. The one thing that you have to understand, folks, you'll run across people in life that will have an opinion of you without even knowing you. And as you run into those people, it's their loss. There's no need to try to prove yourself to them. Because apparently they had that confirmation bias when they approached you. They wanted it to be the way they thought it should or would be. You know, it's like the guy that walks up to the woman and he thinks she's stuck up. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to women that were relieved that a guy would talk to them. And they'd be very attractive. And most people would go with the assumption, well, I know she's got a boyfriend. She's got to have boyfriends. Fine as she is, as attractive as she is. And they tell you no. The guys won't come up to me and talk to me. And then I asked her one question. There's one particular lady, and Eve, if you're listening, not Eve the singer or entertainer. She's just a lady. They had a regular job like anyone else. But she carried herself in a way with confidence and with beauty and grace. And Eve, if you're listening, this is you, dear. When I asked her out for a date, I was expecting no. Just like most people, you're thinking, man, no way in the hell this woman's walking around here, single, attractive like this, and doesn't have a man. Until she explained to me, I thought how difficult it was. And the funny thing about it, I took her out to this venue one night. And all the guys started trying to holler at her when she went to the ladies' room and so forth. And she cracked me up when she came back to the table. She said, you know, it's interesting. Those very same guys, she said, some of them I've seen in other places. Instead of assuming. Because what it's going to do is feed that insecurity and that low self-esteem you have. You're going to keep yourself in that bubble. Now, there's some women out there that, you know, they're the boss bitches slapping their hands, talking about how fine they are, whatever, and the dude ain't this, the dude ain't that. You got to understand, many times that is a facade. The reason why they're doing that is to make themselves feel better. A lot of them don't have men coming to them because of that disposition. And if a guy, the right guy comes to her, she'll fall like a deck of cards. I've seen it happen too many times. So, you will have that. And there's some ladies that are intimidated by men. Just like there are men intimidated by women. But one thing I will tell you, ladies, men are not intimidated by your masculinity, by you trying to act a little bit more masculine. Now, for some guys, it's a turn on because it's a kink. And some of you have found out, you've slept with them, found out the guy dogged you out in the bed just to prove a point. I know guys out there that are arrogant. And the reason why they're that way is because in some cases, 
they've been turned down in the past and now they're at a point of prominence as they see it in their own heads and they're going to take advantage of it a lot of those guys were nerds starting out and they were the good guys and they now have turned that on its head and said to hell with that I'm going to be an asshole because an asshole gets all the women I'm going to be the jerk I'm going to be the guy that's going to be the one that turned them down there's some guys that are like that I'm going to be the guy that's just going to screw them and treat them like a piece of meat and of course God help them if they're a true alpha male where his narcissism comes before anything else including having a child including having a permanent girlfriend he wants to have women he doesn't want to have a girl he doesn't want to have a woman he wants women plural because he's so high on that pedestal from all of these other men putting him there he has a false sense of self and of course these ladies waiting in line to get with him that's fueling his ego even more because see what you have to remember with a person like that their status is far more important than the woman they're with they don't have enough room in their lives to share because they don't want to it's a vacuum and a zero-sum game for a woman because he has no intentions or no interest in sharing his prominence that's his some of you ladies have dated, dated this guy before he lets you into his life and then you got to be thankful for everything you do and you got to put up with shit that you normally wouldn't put up with another man but you're trying to get through to him and yet he's going out there with other women he's keeping your relationship in a turbulent state you don't know whether you're in a relationship from one day to the next with him he doesn't call you, he doesn't care he only calls you when he needs a piece of ass if that oh and then he gets to the point, the, a point where he's so comfortable with you that he invites other people to use you as he did because he feels like he's entitled to do so. You see, the biggest vulnerability for most people, men and women, they're afraid, deathly afraid, of that person that they can't say no to because their heart is taking them in that direction. And if it's in a bad direction, Oh, they may put up a weak-ass fight in order to get away from it. But they're drawn to it. How do you think a lot of these women wind up with bad boys? Oh, they like the exhilaration and the excitement of doing something bad. It's probably entertainment for them. It all depends on the person and how they value themselves. You know, these relationships that we get into, sometimes when we start them, we have no idea where it's going to go. Sometimes we don't even plan. We just live it day by day. That'll get kind of frustrating after a while. I want you to think about something. Remember when Donald Trump was in office and every day we didn't know what was going to happen, we didn't know what was going to change? That's the way a narcissist treats a person in a relationship. Keep them on their tiptoes. Keep them vigilant. As long as they have this level of uncertainty and insecurity and fear 
the narcissist has control. Why do you think he's telling people, yeah, they got me, the Justice Department got me, but they're coming for you next. So uh, they can take their impropriety, something they did wrong, and project it on you as if you're associated with them in a way to have them protect you. Oh, ladies, 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 let me tell you about this. A guy that would go and be with you in a quasi-exclusive relationship. And he has other women still. And you're trying to put your foot down. You're trying to get a commitment. And he's giving you just enough in order to quench your thirst. Maybe take you out to dinner, spend some time with you, spend some money on you, buy you some gifts. And being that your emotional desert has been so barren, you're cherishing it. Oh, but you're passing up all the other guys that would really be suitable for you. Some of the guys that are good guys, but maybe they don't have the charisma or the money. Maybe they don't have the style. Maybe they don't have your interests. And you hang in there. You didn't respect yourself. How were you expecting him to respect you? And that becomes a challenge for some people. We'll talk more in a moment. Jawsan, guess what? My man popped the question last night. I said, fuck yes. I wanted to share this with you and your audience. Karen, I am so happy for you. You are a good woman that deserved a good man. So congratulations on your engagement. Folks, it's not that hard. Even though I talk about the complexities of dating, some of the difficulties associated with it, it comes down to you and it comes down to the other person. I know this sounds very sophomoric, but we have to look at some things. We complicate matters sometimes and make it more difficult for people to enjoy us. We have our standards, true enough. We have our preferences, true enough. We have our attitudes and our idiosyncrasies and all these other things that culminate into who we are. But what we have to also understand is that those things have to be managed as well in order for us to be a suitable partner, in order for us to be suitable for someone else. And... A lot of times we don't think about that as much. We go through and one size fits all. And if you've been failing at relationships over and over and over again, it can definitely be a challenge. Now, let me tell you some of the most fundamental things that people will discriminate you against you on that you may not even see it or even recognize it. It could be your condition, the situation you're in. As I told you before on this show, I get discriminated against by a lot of women because of the fact that I'm legally blind. What does that mean? That means that that person would have to endure the embarrassment of being with someone that has a disability 
let's face it. The other thing is, I don't drive, so that right there is also a non-starter for many women. A long list, where I live on the west side of Vegas, compared to most people who live on the strip or around the strip, that's another disadvantage. So, the interesting thing is, a lot of times, what do we like to do? We like to equate a person's whole sum based on them being in a relationship. Oh, it runs much deeper than that. You know, we'll sit there and say, how can you give advice and you're sitting here without a relationship? Well, here's the thing. You can ask the same question in a different way. How can you tell me not to put my hand on a hot stove if you haven't been burned? You know, we always go back to that, oh, that's common sense, right? Well, first of all, who is it common to and whose sense is it? You never know some of the challenges and difficulties people go through when it comes down to pursuing a relationship. That's the reason why I don't ostracize people that give opinions on things that have observed and know what the outcomes more than likely will be. Because uh, it's kind of funny, kind of ironic. There was a very popular YouTube channel I used to talk about years ago. And this couple was so pristine. Everything was picture perfect. They were always on the show talking about how they loved each other, how it took so much in order for their marriage to stay together and everything. And how they had to work on things. Well, a lot of people thought, well, they're married, so apparently there's a modicum of credibility there. They're not a single person out there on the dating scene. So therefore, they had more credence. The only problem was, the wife was doing her thing on the side. The husband didn't know it. He had bought into the fantasy until his wife got caught with an underage boy in a car on the roadside having sex. You can't go by just appearances alone or perceptions alone. On this show, I've always tried to be as frank and honest with you as possible. And I will continue to do that because that's the way I live my life. The person that's on this show is the same person that's in real life. There's no deviation. Now, here's the other thing too to keep in mind. My job is to point things out so that you can think about things if you're going through them and see what your options are. So we always have options. And as I told you before, that one of the most difficult things, of course, is controlling your life and realizing what options you do have compared to the ones that maybe your partner or someone else is trying to take away from you to make a rational decision that will impact your well-being for the future. As you know, I'm not one of these people that always gives you the good side of dating. What I give you is the real side of dating because it's very difficult, complex. It's not that hard, but the problem is the difficulty comes in getting through some of the people that may not be in your orbit. They may have a different agenda than you do. They may just want to pretty much play with other people's lives and feelings. You have people out there that do that. You have others that go out for a draconian approach to 
tear people down and make them feel bad like they are. And you have other people that are falsely optimistic. And then you have others that are rational and logical. And find comfort in the decisions they make as they go forward and are responsible for that decision no matter what the outcome is. Now, the other thing we have to also consider here is that a lot of times we get in relationships out of comfort. No hanging fruit. And I will tell you, men, you will get discriminated against women by far more than anything by geography. Women like convenience. They like things within a certain proximity, including relationships. I can't tell you how many times over the years I got turned down by women because, oh, you're too far. In other words, where their thinking is from their perspective, not yours. You're the guy willing to travel. They're sitting there saying, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not going to see you at that distance. Some of you guys have written in about some of the challenges you have with women calling you back or texting you back. And then they get back with you three, four months later. And you're debating whether or not you should give them a chance. And they tell you, of course, that they've been busy, that kind of thing. But what it comes down to a lot of times, they've been preoccupied with other people. And maybe that door didn't open for them the way they wanted it to. So now they're going back with something they've already started. They might have started a conversation with you. And then dead air for three or four months. Guys, the one thing I will tell you is not to hold your lives up over this. Because trust me, no matter how busy she says she's it, she is, no matter how preoccupied she says she is, nine times out of ten, she has time for someone else. And this is why you don't waste your time. Because see, in society in general, unless you're coming there to cost them money, your time is considered considered less important than theirs. A lot of you ladies have written in about why men are not calling you as much. They're not calling you because they want reciprocity. They want you to call them too. And once you get to a point where you think that you're the only one that matters, that's when you get the guy who ghosts you, the guy who doesn't want to talk to you, who moves on. Now, the dating world is very transient, meaning that you may have a conversation with a person one day I may not speak to them for two or three weeks or chat with them for two or three weeks. And then they try to carry on the conversation as if it had just ended yesterday. This is something that you have to set as a standard for yourselves as far as how you guys are going to communicate. Finding out when would be a good time to interact. Even measuring sometimes how long you talk on the phone. There's some people that hate talking on the phone. There's some people that hate texting. So you're going to have to find which is the most viable means for you guys to interact. Now, one thing that I will tell you that will ruin a relationship very quickly. If you start out, you guys are not communicating that much. And then when you finally meet you're finding out things that maybe you would have saved yourself a lot of trouble had you communicated more frequently with that person. You'd be on a date and you feel like you're an alien. You feel as though you're not really relatable to that person. They're not relatable to you. 
Never mind that other person being inconsiderate of you taking your time in order to communicate with them. Now, the one thing I will tell you guys to look out for, that is the person who wants to start a relationship but they're too preoccupied with other things, such as, such as going on other dates, um, such as their routine. Whether you're a man or a woman, one thing I will tell you, if that person does not alter their routine to have time with you, that's a red flag if I ever saw one. Because what that means is that on the level of priorities and relevancy, you're very low. You know, they'll contact you when they need someone to talk to, or they'll contact you when they're faced with a problem, or they'll contact you when there's some sort of crisis that they may want your expertise on. And outside of that, it's dead air. A lot of women have tried to start relationships with me based on their premise many times in the past. And the one thing I would tell them, why are you calling me now? The relationship was supposed to have started way back when. So it becomes a needs-based communications. No, thank you. Contact the therapist, contact your girlfriend, contact your family member, somebody else. Because if you don't set that boundary, fellas, you will wind up thinking you're in a relationship. And she's probably already established another one with someone else. Probably went through a whole relationship with that person, even though it has been condensed into a few weeks. And now she's coming to you as an afterthought. Your time is just as valuable as theirs. Don't marginalize yourself in that respect. Now, another thing that you chronically write in about is the time that you spend together. Some of you feel as though you haven't accomplished anything as far as growing the relationship or going forward. Here's what you have to really observe too. Every time you interact with that person, are you guys moving forward? Are you guys growing? Or is it that the relationship is kind of in neutral? You're talking about the same old things. Um, you know, it's like more or less you run out of things to say to each other. You really have nothing going on as far as uh, chemistry for the most part. Now, it's okay to have every once in a while a lull in a conversation. However, some of you have written in about that dead air in a relationship. You know, in radio, dead air was a curse. That was a no-no. The DJ had to constantly talk, promoting a product, promoting an event, or some act that was coming into town. Relationships are much different. In the sense that when you start out, many of you guys start out with the entertainment phase where you're trying to impress her, trying to wow her, trying to woo her. Some of you do it on the cerebral side, through humor. And nothing's wrong with doing it through humor. The only problem is, is that some, she sees you as entertainment. Now, you can't control how she feels or perceives you. But what you can do is pick up on her perception of you and maybe change that up in the next relationship because usually she's already designated you in a certain pigeonhole. And for many guys, it's hard to work out of that. You have to weigh the odds. Is it worth your time and talent to try to pursue this woman or would you come out better with someone that it wouldn't be such a steep climb? Now, some of you look at that as failure. It's not failure, it's growth. Because what you're doing is you're growing out of the habit of doing the same thing over and over and failing. Change is hard. 
modification of one's perspective, of one's approach, of one's habits. It's very difficult because we had that go-to, that default that we would go to. But sometimes it works to our disadvantage. Now, there are other you, others of you that have written in about some of the difficulties when it comes down to sustaining a relationship. It's like, man, you know, I have to constantly keep all the balls juggling in the air. Now, what you have to ask yourself as well, why are you doing it? What happens if you stop juggling the balls all the time? Is there no interest in the relationship anymore from her part? Because if you're trying to start something with a person that's going to last, you're going to have to take into consideration of all these factors. This is the thinking when it comes down to choosing a partner. A lot of times we don't think and we work out the relationship through compromises unmentioned compromises until we run into an impasse. You see a lot of couples do it. They start out, they're all about the relationship, all about the romance. There's no foundation of friendship. So it's easier for those people to disassociate themselves from you and move on. Now, one thing that you have to realize Whoever you choose to go after, understand one thing. That's representative of how you felt and who you thought you were at the time you pursued that person. Now, are you defined by that? No, you're not. But that's a choice you made. And whether it's good, bad, or indifferent, as long as you're accountable for the results of that decision, you're in pretty good shape. It's when you start to deny it and start to blame the other party, especially if you're repetitively making the same mistakes over and over. And you don't want to see it as a mistake. You're deflecting. Women do it all the time. Yeah, he was a jerk. But damn, how many jerks have you had in your life? You're a jerk magnet. Why is that? Now, here's the thing. Most people that can genuinely recognize somebody that had just bad luck when it came to dating, they can see that it would resonate in the way that they behave, the way that they approach things. You can see the differentiation for sure. I never forget one time back in Mississippi, I was a kid at this time. There were these kids, they ran past me, and they broke out a window at this person's house. And so, I was walking, and of course the person looked at me suspiciously. The person was white, of course, in the South during that time, he had a lot of tensions going on. And so the lady comes out, she said, why did you break my window? I said, you're going to sit here and blame me for breaking your window when those boys are running and I'm walking. And she stared at me for a minute and she looked at them. Called the police. I don't know if the cops caught them. They asked me what I saw. I told them what I saw. Threw a rock into the window and rain. The one thing that I was nervous about was, will this cop believe the truth because of my skin color? Or will he just go and treat me like everybody else during that time? The cop listened and the lady was like, well, you know, those black guys are, you know, they they all need to be locked up, et cetera, et cetera. And the cop said, ma'am, no. Because he wouldn't walk. He'd be running. It's the same way, metaphorically, 
when it comes down to you finding a decent person in your life. That person's not running from relationship to relationship to relationship. They walk. And the reason why they walk is because they have nothing to hide. And as long as their consciousness is clear with them telling the truth, what's the big deal? Being falsely accused and persecuted, it happens. What it comes down to, people, is this. Sometimes you can see through people as you're talking to them. You can see the deflections. They don't want to talk about themselves. Oh, I don't like talking about myself. Why not? It's you that I'm interested in. Not your purse. Not your hair. Not your car. Not your money. It's you. And sometimes they don't know how to take a compliment. They become bashful. Dismissive. Oh, you say that about everyone. Well, if I was saying about everyone, I'd stand up and yell it out so everyone can hear it. I'm talking to you. There are some women that have been taken for granted so much in their lives that they honestly get into a mindset that every man is going to treat them the same way. And so they start this all one-size-fits-all type of approach to relationships. And the reason why many of them do that is because they rifle through so many of them that the expectations have been lowered so low that they don't even take time to listen, even though they ask the guy to listen to them. And of course, the guy will probably try his best and then he'll get to a point where he gets frustrated and say, you know what, the hell with it, we don't need to be together. And this is where you have to measure your self-esteem, fellas. Some of you will go past the point of dignity in order to please and appease a woman. She's got to meet you halfway. Yes, you want to be a viable candidate for her. But by the same token, she's got to reach for you as you're reaching for her. And some of you guys reach way too far she doesn't reach back. Now, we're going to talk about the next segment. It's to do with dealing with a person with a reserved personality. The wait and see approach. romantic truth appreciate your listenership listeners you're invited to stream and listen to jawson's music on apple music amazon music spotify audio mac or deezer type in jausan in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography the views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned or endorsed by romantic truth anchor or any of its affiliates the advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255 available 24 hours all correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by anchor is owned by james adams and jaws and one music exclusively licensed for this romantic truth podcast under waiver please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants all sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props 
We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.